Check, mic, check, mic, check. Checking. Words. Yeah, we good. This is Cult Classic Interview number 34, and I'm here with Deep October. What's good? Bro, thank you for coming all the way out here. Nah, thank you. I appreciate thank you it. for having me, bro. I've been, been watching you for a while, so it's yeah. good to be here. Man, I've been watching you for a while, too. So, <laughs> it's mutual. So I met, I met Deep October last... 2018. No, 2018 at the Oso show. There was yep. an Oso show in 2018 at this place called Oso Skate Park in Charlotte. Yep. And I was DJing that show. And um, Deep October performed. So I met Deep October there, and we didn't. I don't think we talked... like for maybe a while after that maybe like five months after that because then around like around march i was throwing the show in um in concord north carolina in deep october hit me up for opening slot fuck i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) and there's no there's no shame in it you know what i mean it was he hit me up for opening spot It it was it was a little pay to play spot so i didn't think much of it and then bro is performing and I never actually told you this. I I don't know why I didn't tell you this. I don't think I had a particular reason. I just it just didn't cross my mind. But bros performing, and I'm just doing regular Snapchat, Instagram shit. Um, and then I had three people, and you when you were performing, hit me up like, "Yo, who is this?" <laughs> like, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's this kid, Deep October." I don't know. He really Bro, he kind of hit me up. He's hard though. <laughs> it's it's funny about that um that performance because that's actually like. When it, I've only I performed um, okay. So there was Oso. There's that one time in Columbia. There's that show, and then there's the Wavy Town. So I performed four times. Other than the Columbia show I did, that show has one of the worst memories for me because I don't know if you remember this, but while I was performing, um, the the <laughs> the fucking the wire and the mic came out while I was performing. I don't remember this, but the, wired mic suck. Yeah, you never remember this. Yeah, bro, and like and plus, cause like so this the reason that I did that show because the girls with at the time like always encouraged me. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try and just I'm gonna keep keep my eye on that. But um, the girl I was with at the time always encouraged me to like get involved in the music scene in Charlotte because she actually introduced me to the music scene in Charlotte. Like um, my first show was uh, the Us versus World show at Camp North End with yeah. like NASCAR Belize and all that, and um, and so what was my point with that? Oh yeah, so at the time I was in front of like all my peers whenever like you threw that show, all these people that I've like gone to their performances and shit, and that shit was like definitely embarrassing for me because like. I just just like it was just a weird weird yeah. situation whenever that shit happened. But after I had a lot of people come up to me and tell me like, "Yo, like you're like you're fire. Like that shit was good." So that made me feel a lot better. But um, but yeah, that was a good time for sure. And also, I, I was also super f- that for that performance specifically. It was whenever I was like deep into my like opiate and kratom phase, and I remember being super fucked up for that show. But like I remember it very clearly, surprisingly. Uh, so what is what is kratom? I've heard of, I've heard a few things about it, but I'm not really all the way familiar. All right. <laughs> Oh man, so so kratom is like a so it's a plant. It's mm-hmm. apparently like cousin. It's like the cousin of of the coffee bean. It's been used in like Southeast Asia for uh, I don't know, like for a while. Like I remember like reading about it. Like dates on it go to like BC era. It's been used, but like it's so if you take it in low doses, it's a stimulant. When you take it in high doses, it, the alkaloids in it work as a, it works on like your opio opioid mm-hmm. receptors, and um, so like whenever i first tried it um i used it as a stimulant because like at the time i had really bad uh, like social anxiety and shit and i remember taking it i actually the first time i tried it was like these little gold caps by a brand called opiums opms Mm -hmm. and um and it fucked me up so hard but like it was like it was like pure euphoria it was so weird because like i had plenty of people who told me about creative and they're like yeah i've done that shit before and like i I didn't feel anything but the, the first time i did it it was a concentrated form 
and um and i remember like i remember like going outside and like i just like i was like bro i have not felt this good in a very long time and i and i abused that shit for six months straight and um the withdrawals of it were honestly bro like some people say that like, they don't have withdrawals from it but i beg to fucking i mean there's a whole subreddit called quitting kratom where like people just like list yeah. their list their experiences with like quitting it and um that shit was honestly borderline withdrawal wise like xanax bro like the emotional withdrawal from it was absolutely fucking terrible and what was the worst thing about it was how long it lasted that's the first time i've ever been to like the hospital because i genuinely thought i was gonna die when i quit taking that shit like um I was at, I was like the place I was working at the time. I was at work and like I remember I was just sitting there and I got this weird ass like sensation throughout my body where like I was con- I was very fucking concerned that I was about to like just faint, bro. It was so weird. And I thought like I thought I was having a seizure and so like I told my boss I was like, "Yo, I'm sorry, but you have got to take me to the hospital right now. I don't know what's going on with my body." And it was super embarrassing looking back, but it, it ended with me going and getting prescribed Ativan, I think, which is mm-hmm. like a benzo. And fucking, I had to like a fucking three thousand dollar hospital bill, just some bullshit, bro. But um, God damn. But yeah, fuck kratom, bro. It's it's a, it's really good for people who are like depressed and have anxiety problems. But whenever you abuse it, it 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 makes that shit way worse. So yeah, that's that's what kratom is. I know you probably heard of it. You probably see that shit in yeah, head well, shops and smoke was, shops all the time. There was this one girl I was fucking with that was like, I don't fuck with her anymore. But um, she was using it. I think for some reason, because she was using it because she was having withdrawals for something else or something. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I forgot to mention that is that a lot of people who, um, it's a lot of people use it for like getting off of heroin and uh, mm-hmm. just opiates in general yeah. because because it, it actually for a lot of people it helps them come off of that shit without without any withdrawal symptoms at all. Or I if think for do, her is it for her it was like it was like pills or whatever, but it was like right. she she it was like fucking she had got off the pills like a year like before that she was still using the kratom so i'm like i don't know if she just kind of like flipped it around but I'm, after we do part two i'm gonna get you another mic stand because that shit's gonna keep just annoying me no <laughs> it's all good I, I i pay attention to detail bro so i'm just anytime i start talking i'm gonna just do that shit got but. you but um so going back yeah to that that show i had like three different people that'd be up during your set or like and if maybe a couple maybe one or two after they were like yo who is this kid this kid's hard da, 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 da. and then i remember after that show i think we talked outside for like two hours or some shit like that yep <laughs> I, yeah no i remember that that's actually uh not it was bro because like i was walking i don't remember who i was with but i remember i was walking to my car and like you just stopped me and we i don't even remember what all we talked about but we did we no, i was sitting i was i was sitting in my car smoking oh that's what and it was. you and i think you walked up to me or whatever thanked me for the shower or whatever Okay, and I facts. think we just started talking for like, and, you, and you, it was funny. You were you were drunk. I'm pretty sure you were drunk. You said you were drunk or some shit. Oh no, I wasn't drunk. I was fucked up on 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 kratom. Yeah. Sure, but, okay. Uh, not fucked up. I think but. I think you told me drunk. I just didn't think you wanted to say. I don't know. I don't remember, bro. I might have. Or maybe, like, maybe I was drunk. Like I said, bro, my memory from that from that show is very skewed. So. But like. You, you just kept saying, bro, I'm sorry if I'm holding you up. I'm like, bro, it's good. I'm just chilling. Like I'm yeah. vibing. But like, and then. Yeah, going, you know, kind of going forward and shit, like, I just started noticing, like, your music started to get shared around a lot more, it started to go up a lot more, and then my boy Young Ill fucking hit me up, he's like, bro, 
Yeah, this kid, Ill. this kid, Deep October is hard. You got to put him on the show. I'm like, bro, he opened for you in March, dude. He's like, really? <laughs> and he looks at the flyers like, oh shit. That's funny because I actually, <laughs> I actually still have a video in my phone of Ill and Ten performing, um, performing a song that they did they together. Perform rock. Yes, yeah. yes, bro. And I, I, that's that's funny that you say that because actually, when, when we were having that conversation, you, I, I knew who Young Ill was at the time, but you told me about him, and then after like. After I found out he fucked with me, it was like I was like, "Damn, small ass world." So yeah, yeah. And then I started, and then um, yeah. I don't think I really realized, or I got a grasp on how big your music was until. Can you pronounce the album name for me? The Qua- new- oh, it's called Qualia. All right, all yeah. right. Just want to make sure I got it right, because I yep. was not hundred percent sure. So I don't think it was around you were ready to drop that one, Qualia, until um, I really realized how much reach your music was actually getting, because like. I checked out your SoundCloud and then, um, cause I like, I like make me forget. It's actually one of my favorite songs by you. Appreciate um, that. and I started listening to that, going back and listening to your other shit. And I'm like, damn, he's getting like a quarter million plays on each song and shit. It's actually starting to really go up. And I checked you on Spotify. I'm like, damn, bro's got like almost 30,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah. My Spotify has gotten to the point where it's actually, my fan base is way bigger now on Spotify than it is on SoundCloud. That's more valuable though. That it is. Cause it, cause I get paid off of that way more than mm-hmm. I do. Cause SoundCloud pays artists shit. Oh yeah. You SoundCloud's like your monthly payout is a penny, a chip and a napkin. It's not good, but I mean, I'm still thankful for SoundCloud as a platform though. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, honestly, a lot of the artists that are here now would not have the platforms that they do without Definitely. SoundCloud's. Because SoundCloud allows anybody to make music. Anybody who wants to give it a chance, they can. Spotify is... Now, obviously, with, like, distributors like TuneCore and DistroKid and shit like that, mm. anyone can upload to Spotify. But still, SoundCloud is a very important place in culture right now, so... Spotify, I think it just seems a lot more professional. Yeah, The way it sure. is. But, um... To be honest with you, with the, the streaming war and everything that's going on with between, like, Deezer. Deezer's coming up now, but Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, and these other platforms. I think whichever one acquires SoundCloud is the one that's going to top you, everything You else. think eventually some of them are going to... I think one of them is going to try to acquire SoundCloud and then try to mix mesh it in somehow. And Bro, I think that's going to start to dominate. It, it could, but the thing is, SoundCloud has changed... Because I've been on SoundCloud for a very long time since, like, using SoundCloud. Not, not just, like, posting on SoundCloud since probably 2013 yeah and the thing is it's changed so much since then that it's if you're an og soundcloud user it's really hard to enjoy like the layout and the algorithm of soundcloud now compared to how it was because soundcloud used to be very raw with how like you found music with um the way that you uploaded music like whenever soundcloud first started I remember, like, there was a way that you could actually, on your phone, all you had to do was you held down a button, and you could speak into your phone. Yeah, you could record right on your phone or your computer mic. As a kid, bro, because, like, I had so much shit that I would, like, put on SoundCloud back then that's obviously all deleted now. But I remember back then, bro, that shit was so beautiful to me because, like, I felt like I was doing something. I was like, you know, I don't have a mic or anything like that, but, like, it's just cool. But But it's, like, it's a start, and I feel like that's how a lot of the newer, most prevalent artists got their start. Yeah, no, you know what sure. I mean? Was doing little shit like recording into their phone mic or their computer mic. Like, Ah Future, fucking one of the biggest influences in modern music. Fucking Ah Future, that whole group, they did the first Ah Future tape on fucking a laptop mic. Like, like, and this like, shit blew up. A USB mic? Yes, like, yeah. no, 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 not a USB mic. The mic that was built into the damn laptop. I did not the know The first Ah Future tape, they did it like that. And that shit went crazy. That's new. That's new information to me. I did not know that. But it's just like it kind of goes to show that like 
you really don't need much you don't need a professional studio like this room room right here and all you guys can't see that's a booth right there like there's we you know we record in here and this shit sounds clean like you really wouldn't notice the difference now no, between a high-end professional studio you wouldn't bro you and know what that, i mean that's one thing it's really hard for people to start studios now because um so if you see most of these kids that are popping bro including myself um which now i, I start i've been starting to go to bigger studios just because like people offer and they yeah. they want me to go but um like all the shit i made um other than other than the newest song that I made, Ice Boy Two, which is only on SoundCloud right now, I actually made that at a studio in Charlotte. But uh, other than that, all the shit before that was made in a garage with uh, Dark Sky Paradox. Shout out Docs, is a good friend of mine. Um, it was made in his garage, bro. And that's the thing. It's like, it's like with the way that the the digital age has kind of taken over music, you don't really need you don't need the professional shit anymore because you can do this all. You can you can learn how to mix and master and all that shit just sitting in your room and that's like and that's super important so you can learn off youtube and i'm in i was in a weird spot where i started making beats and i learned how to make beats make music before the youtube tutorial era kicked in right like so i didn't start watching tutorials till after i already knew what i was doing yeah like to kind of just kind of add to it and it's 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 a blessing and a curse because i look back on it i'm like damn bro if i when i was in seventh grade making beats if i had youtube tutorials bro I would have went up so much quicker. Right. Like, but looking at looking at it now, it's like now I can watch tutorials and know what a bad tutorial is because there's so many bad tutorials Shit out there, bro. Shit has changed a lot in just the last like seven years, especially like like you said, like YouTube and the tutorials and shit. So it's it's progressed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Let's take it back. Let's take it way, way back. Okay. You grew up in North Carolina? Oh, you grew up in South Carolina. South Carolina. I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia, South Carolina. When, yep. What brought you over to North Carolina? Or, it's area? actually, I'm actually glad you asked that because it's a, it's a funny story, bro. Um, So my mom and my dad have been divorced since I was like in the third grade, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a time I was, I don't remember what grade I was in. I was probably in the 10th grade and um, I ended up getting kicked out of my mom's house because uh, just like. One mainly smoking weed because she was like my mom was the type of mom back in the day that like she looked at weed like the same way she looked at crack, bro. Yeah, like, my parents did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, bro. So it was like that. my ass. But what really, what really was like the last straw whenever I started fucking with Xanax and like and she ultimately like she was like she just emotionally couldn't anymore, so she kicked me out and I lived with my dad and my mom in that time frame she moved up here to Charlotte and um I lived with my dad a little over a year maybe a year and a half honestly it could have even been two years like. I don't know, but um, what what brought me up here was actually a two CB trip. Um, like the research chemical two C two CB. I was mm-hmm. uh, I was like sixteen at the time, and um, this was like my first like real ass trip I had, and I remember it was very life changing, bro. Cause like at my dad's, I was kind of allowed to just like just do what I wanted. Like my dad, my dad's like a good dad. Like he's a but overall like he just he worked a lot, and like I, he didn't really have a lot of time to to like pay attention to the shit I was doing like my mom did so like I just kind of did whatever and I lo- had a lot of freedom but when I was uh when I tripped on two that one night when I tripped on 2CB 
I, I had like this this epiphany that like if I didn't get out of like the place I was in, being Columbia, South Carolina, mm. I wasn't gonna be able to to like do what I wanted with music because I've wanted to do this shit for a very long ass time. So um, yeah, so after that, I like it was my mom's. Oh, the the next day was my mom's. Uh, like it wasn't her wedding day, but it was her wedding planning and like it was like rehearsal and she wanted. Yeah. Me, obviously, I was gonna be like the best man at her wedding, or not best man. Um. I don't, I don't know what the terms are. But anyways, and she called me the next day, and she's like, I've been calling you for six hours. Like, are you coming or not? And I was like, fuck. Like, yeah, I'm definitely coming. So she picked me up the next day. I stayed with her um, up here in Charlotte for the day, and, like, all this shit was just, like, going through my mind, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, like, I got to give up, like, the, the, the freedom I have living where I'm at to just, like, live with my mom again, despite the fact that she was, like, pretty strict about shit. And so I'm, I told my dad, I was like, you know, like it was a pretty emotional conversation, but I told him, I was like, I, I'm going to go live with my mom. And so this was 2014, I think. And then I moved up here and ever since I've just been here. So were you make so were you making music at the time? Yeah. When I, you moved? Yeah. I, I dropped my first song um, when I was, uh, I was 15, I think you can still find it on SoundCloud too. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's called Coma Freestyle by Zach Smith. And uh, it actually did really good. Uh, like I think right, like it was my, it got like uh, like a thousand views, and at the time, like it, it took months for it to get a thousand views. But like I had a lot of people at school like telling me like, yo, like you should really do this shit. Like you should like keep going with it. And so um, I've been making music since then. But honestly, bro, I've been like wanting to do it since I was like really young like i wrote my first super shitty rap whenever i was in the fifth grade i wrote it like yeah. on a piece of paper and like went home and showed my parents and um and uh yeah it's something i've always wanted to do uh so like i actually uh when i was in the second grade like whenever like my first interest in music like when that shit sparked was uh when i was in the second grade mm. and the school i was going to at the time that no one's probably ever heard of it's a super bumfuck town it's called pillion south carolina and uh the school i went to was pillion elementary and they were having a talent show and like just from like watching cartoons and shit i always wanted to be in a talent show i didn't know why and so i told my mom i was like i was like i wanted like like rap an eminem song at a fucking at the obviously i didn't say fucking but yeah, <laughs> i, I want to yeah, rap an eminem song you. at the talent show and uh but, my, but like she knew at the time that like i wasn't gonna be able to do that but she didn't know how to like tell me that mm-hmm. so she like made up some situations she's like look like like it's a little bit too expensive for us to get you into the talent show so what we're gonna do is we're gonna get you to do karaoke at this bar that that was right down the street from us called roadkill cafe yeah super fucking hickey like yeah, hick, hillbilly, hick, hillbilly ass, ass bar, bar bro <laughs> and but yeah so they ended up bringing me there and i did like karaoke and shit the first song i ever did was um lose yourself by eminem that was like that was like the, that was the song i did yeah. and my mom had to like stand that's up there tight. and like read the lyrics for me because i couldn't read them off the screen and so that's kind of how like the whole music thing started for me and how i wanted to start doing it yeah i would but, just thinking roadkill cafe i would never eat the food from bro, there, bro dude the dude, it, look, the, the emblem the sign for it it was mm-hmm. literally a burger that had like a possum tail sticking out of it so yeah i'm not they probably they probably just drive around like oh there's some meat <laughs> scoop that shit up <laughs> literally nah but i didn't eat the food there so that's probably why but that's that's a that's a crazy first experience um yeah what were your early influences growing up like what kind of was eminem like an early influence of yours? Right. is that why you kind of chose that uh yeah so my mom was um it's weird because as i got older like my parents were not very like musically um inclined like they listened like my parents were the type of the type of parents that listened to like country and like 
hit music and shit like that. Mm. Just like all the all the corny ass shit. But when I was really young, my mom used to listen to a lot of Eminem because like she was really young when she had me. She was 21 whenever she had me, so like she was still listening to like Eminem, uh, 50, and also uh, Bob Marley was like she was mm. a big fan of Bob Marley and like those were like. Oddly enough, those were, like, my three super early influences for music. And so that's kind of, like, what got me into hip-hop, I guess. And as I got older, um, probably, like, around, like, the... I was probably, like, a freshman in high school when I started getting... when That's whenever, like, the, the pro era wave started coming up. Like, Joey Badass yep. and Flatbush Zombies and all that shit. And once I got into that, I started getting deeper into shit, like, Big L and mm-hmm. um and pun big l's my favorite rapper big l in, in my opinion is one of the greatest lyricists that ever bro, i lived, think bro. If i've argued it with people if big l was still alive today he would still be killing it it's not an people argument would still bro. have a hard time keeping up <laughs> no it's not an argument bro bro was um big l was definitely like i said in one of my in my in my opinion was one of the best lyricists from that time period it's gone super early mm. but um when people kind of like people, he he gets overshadowed by like by like Big and Tupac a lot. When, oh yeah, when the conversation, he was way he was way way more talented than. But I might spark that, some people. Yeah, I understand a lot of our audience. My my audience might be younger, so they might not be all into it. Right. But like, if I come up, bro, I I tell people Big L is better than Tupac or Biggie. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stray <laughs> away from that just to, just so I don't have to get into the debate. But I do agree with you. Yeah, for sure. I feel you. Yeah. But um, so that's a. That's int- one thing I noticed about a lot of newer artists and stuff is the early influences are so like wild and so sporadic and all over the place. Like so many different genres and so many artists are just not even in similar categories. Right. It's great because it's really like changed modern sound. Like, yeah, for sure. I will argue that we are currently in the golden era of music. Oh no, no cap, bro. That is very true. Because like, there's something for everybody. Now. There's so much of it. Like the thing is, it's easy to look at it as um being oversaturated, mm-hmm. but the oversaturation of music, especially because the music is a, it's a subjective experience. In my opinion, I don't think there's any such thing as bad music. Like I'll never say an artist is bad. I'll just say I don't like it. Yeah. It's like because it's so oversaturated. That's why there's so much music for everybody. Like it's 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 something literally something for everybody. So, but like I was very um. I was very uh, sheltered to music, like I said. Like my parents weren't really big into a lot of music. It wasn't. I, I had to find out what influenced me on my own as I got older. And so, obviously, like I definitely get influences from like newer shit, like Chief Keef, and um, like the, it was weird. It was very mixed. Whenever like I really started rapping, it was like the pro era, but also like the fucking Chirac and like Chief Keef and uh, um. Like that whole scene, I got influences from so many different things, and I listen to so much fucking music, bro. It's yeah. like I can't even pinpoint exactly what influences me because I listen to so much. So that's my favorite things about music is like not necessarily finding things that because everybody likes music that relates to them, and I feel like even in music, like I love Kendrick Lamar. That's personally my favorite. If we break it down by genre, that's my favorite rapper ever. Yeah. Um, and he, he his music, his life experience is weren't really all the way like mine but you could still find things to draw from that to apply to your own personal experiences like good kid good kid mad city that whole concept really like fucking spoke to me you know what i mean that's exactly how i felt even though he was telling a slightly different story than mine but it's just like one thing i do like about music beyond trying to find your own personal life experiences in it is listening to other people's life experiences like obviously i didn't grow up like chief keith right but he puts his own life experiences in the music and that's what i like about it you know what i mean yeah no and and, and that shit it's also it's also very interesting to hear like how these people came up because their lives are so different from yours 
yeah. just the fact that like you can even listen to that type of music that you don't fully relate to and actually thoroughly enjoy it is like a big deal as well but like bro the thing is is like my influences don't only come from rap like a lot of my influences come from shit like um the weird shit bro like the cure and um like like the whole 80s new wave that was going on like that that like the smiths the cure fucking um just uh joy division which i think they're 70s i think they're late 70s but like i get a lot of influence from shit like that too especially like when it comes to like the way i per- the things i portray lyrically is like i get a lot of influence from that from like that sound of things so that's mad interesting yeah it's all over the place bro also speaking of kendrick he's also definitely it's at one time was a big big influence for like the way that kind of like taught me how to rap if i'm gonna be honest bro like yeah uh, Would you even consider yourself rap though? N- not really. You know what but I mean? Everyone calls me a rapper, so it's like, like I feel like that's kind of like I feel like a rapper is like because I'm. I feel like there are people. I like the term artist better, but like yeah. I feel like the term rapper is just so malleable now because it's like Drake's a rapper, but bro is singing. If you rhyme, bro, people are gonna call you a rapper. That's the thing I because I rhyme. Like I just that's why I say rapper. But honestly, no, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't call myself a rapper, but. Uh, yeah, but it's I just kind of I just kind of label myself whatever other people label me. So it's it's either 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 way it goes. I feel you. I feel you. Well, let's uh before we get into another subject and go on a rant, let's end part one because cameras will cut off um after a certain amount of time. Fucking Canon cameras. Um, but this is the end of part one. Tune in for part two. Uh, this has been Call Classic Interview number thirty four. And I'm here with Deep October. Please follow us on Instagram at KULT Classic Official. Hit us on the website. We actually just dropped new merch on the website. So go cop yourself a logo tee. They're mad cheap. Fucking get yourself a hat. I'm not wearing one. I don't wear hats. They don't make hats, people with mohawks. But Ben loves the hats. So go get yourself a hat. Yo, Ben, ben spin around right here. Spin around right here. Show them the black shirt. Spin around in front of the camera. Ben's got the black cult classic shirt on. So go cop yourself that. <laughs> Hopefully it looked right. But then follow me on the gram at Bobby D, Bobby D on the beat. B-O-B-B-Y-D-E on the beat. And then follow Deep October. Father Funeral. F-A-T-H-E-R-F-U-N-E-R-A-L. Instagram. Just give him the fucking name, dude. The guy ain't been active in like five years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give him oh, the Deep, Deep October, October handle. Yeah, bro. Fuck that guy, bro. Whoever has the Deep October name. That shit really makes me mad. I made a lot of inquiries to get that name. We too. got the hats right here. Go copy yourself one of them. I'm going to put that right there the rest of the interview. This just looks good. You know what I mean? It just, it's, it's a nice little accent. But um, this has been part one. Tune in for part two comp right now. We are back, part two. Mike Call Classic interview number thirty-four, deep October. So, going back into it, fifteen. You dropped your first song. You already were you, you were already in Charlotte at this point, or North Carolina? No, I was still in Columbia. You're still in Columbia. Yeah. So you started dropping music before you moved over to North Carolina. Yes. Yeah. And so, how did you start to kind of 
get into the music scene in North Carolina? And before we get into that, were you always was it always like a serious thing for you? Yeah, dude. That uh, the jump it was serious. Yeah, music since that that little shitty rap I was telling you about in the fifth grade. Since I wrote that, bro, like music has been the only thing that I've ever wanted to do. Like I I can't I can't think of anything else that I've ever actually had genuine interest in other than making music. So. Yeah, but no, dude, the thing is about, about that question that you just asked about, like, getting into the music scene in Charlotte. The thing is, is that um, I didn't actually get into the Charlotte music scene until 2018, whenever I was introduced to, like, um, the Us Versus World shows and shit like that. Um, but before that, I had I had a, a following on um, on SoundCloud, and, like, my music had a, had a following. Like, I was still getting over... To, like I was getting like generally two to five k. Well, not nah, after I started Deep October and I dropped um, Molly Melancholy. That was the first song I ever got that got ten k. So like I was still like before in being involved in the Charlotte music scene, I still had a following. But it wasn't until two thousand eighteen when I actually started getting involved in meeting people when my music really started popping. Mm-hmm. And so um, before that, like it was all internet. Like I was all I was just an internet artist. There was no scene that I was actually involved in. And it, that was all thanks to like music channels like Trash. Shouts out to Trash. They were the, they were the first big music channel to ever post me, and um, it was really cool because I didn't I didn't even really know who they were at the time. But my friend hit me up one day and he was like, "Bro," because like I went on SoundCloud and my notifications were just going insane. And I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" Like somebody bought me. Like I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And then my friend hit me up. He's like, "Bro," like like. I'm about to send you a link and I was like, okay. And he sent me a link to, and it was like deep October scared of ghosts on trash. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? And I went to it and it had, and it had like, um, like it was, it was posted, uh, like that day and it already had like 13 K views. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this channel? And like, and I saw that they were the same ones that posted, uh, Mercury by ghost man. And I had like 38 mm-hmm. mil or some shit. And yeah. I was like, bro, there is no fucking way that they posted me. And, uh, so that really skyrocketed my um my support, and after that um it, I've had a lot of help from other music channels on YouTube that that kind of like helped elevate me with, and which which was like a big deal for me because um like my biggest song right now, if I miss you, I think it's at like five, it's almost at five hundred k on Spotify mm-hmm. right now. Um, that song was barely pushing eight k, and it had been out for um. Fuck, it was probably out for a little, like, more than a month, and it was barely pushing 8K, and then Trash posted that song, and now it's, like, my biggest song to date. Like, I yeah. still have kids hitting me up about the song, like, like yo, that's my favorite song, blah, 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 and it, it gets annoying because, like, like you want, I want to move past that song, yeah. and, like, and I have definitely, but it's... I kind of strayed away from the subject, but, yeah, getting involved in the Charlotte music scene didn't happen until 2018, whenever... Um, my first show was that Oso show that was put on by a group of kids that are from Clover, which is the, which is the town that I like graduated high school from. I don't claim that town at all. Just want to throw that out there. Um, and then that's like whenever I started getting involved with like the Wavy Town shows and the Cult Classic shows, and like yeah, and so that's kind of like how all that started. Shout out to Wavy Town. Yeah. So I've I've all I definitely could not have done any of this shit like they built my following the way I had if I didn't learn to branch out and meet people yeah. and um and like cuz I I definitely struggled with like social anxiety for a mm-hmm. while and that's what kept me back but like I said the girl I was with at the time always encouraged me was like no like you need to like get involved do shows and do this shit to like get your face out there and put yourself out there so that that's a really important thing and a lot of people don't notice that but yeah so that's how all that started
Word. And I'm fucking, um, it's just, it's great to see, you know what I mean? Where even where I first met you, fucking end of 2018 versus 2020, it's, you know, it's crazy to see how, how far you've gone up. Um, thank you. What's, what's the, what is the difference that you notice between back then and now? Like, you just notice you have a lot more interaction from people or, um, okay. So I think it's just because like the type of music I've made, I've always gotten, good interaction from mm. my fans or my supporters like they, i always get like bro i get like off the wall messages bro like shit that's like definitely it seems a little exaggerated like kids that hit me up and tell me that like i helped like my music helped them like quit drugs or like like they were gonna kill themselves and they heard my music like, just like kind of like out yeah. there shit but like i've always gotten a lot of good re- interaction but now bro it's um it, it's now the change i've seen is that it's to the point now where it's kind of overwhelming sometimes and which is weird because like my Instagram following, especially compared to my music following, they're not near the same. Like I have way more of a music following than I do via Instagram and shit. But I still I get daily messages on Instagram to the point where like I don't even like answering DMs anymore. But I feel like it's like I'm. It's part of the game. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, it. It. I feel like I'm a. Uh, what, what's what's the word? Um. Not just for lack of better words, because I can't think right now. But like, I feel like I'm inclined to answer those messages because it's always like deep emotional messages yeah. that people are sending me. Like, like yo, like, like I love your music. Like, you did this, 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 this for me. So like, I can't just not answer them. But it's definitely overwhelming now. Like the amount of support I get. So um, but it's for the most part, it's stayed pretty much the same because Instagram is such an important um important platform for artists nowadays yeah that's something i struggle with a lot is like um like i don't understand why like my my uh it doesn't like my spotify views and shit and like soundcloud views don't necessarily like correlate to how much support i get on instagram but like yeah looking at that bro like i see that as more of a good thing not gonna lie you no, actually put thing. you actually put me on that idea via twitter bro because like yeah. that's something i always struggle with because i see it yeah, yeah, you, like you tweeted one day that like that well, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you said like um I think I remember remember the tweet cuz you retweeted it. I tweeted if your Spotify and your SoundCloud followers are more than your Instagram followers, you're doing this music thing the right way. Right, and that that shit spoke to me because like cuz like I hadn't even told you like my insecurity with the whole Instagram mm-hmm. shit and all that at first, but like when you said that I was like, "Bro, I needed to hear that because that's one one of my biggest insecurities with music is like is like trying to get my other platforms big but at the same time like i don't need to stress about that shit because like i said i do get tons of messages and tons of support from like kids that i've never met in my life yeah. so in reality like I'm, i've already won bro like i've already when you, it comes you to that shit winning you're gonna continue winning yeah because it's like bro like there are people like john millie i think for that tweet you and john millie were really the two people that really like inspired that tweet because i was looking at it i'm like yo Deep October's got less than three thousand Instagram followers and thirty thousand monthly listeners. Dramily's got the same amount of monthly listeners on Spotify and has eight thousand Instagram followers. Yeah. Like the music the music is hitting. Right. That's what that is showing. It's showing that the music is there and it's gonna work. There are some people that are so focused on their image of social media that music doesn't match up. That's, you know what I mean? Social is, media, your social media followers aren't getting you giving it's not paying you, bro. That's a big deal it's that not you keeping just you up. You're right. And that's a big deal you just said that because that's something that like I had to realize on my own that the more energy I put into working on my image via social media, the less energy I was putting into like making the best music I can. And the thing is, bro, and something else is that like 
when it comes to Instagram, Twitter, and like those followings, people get those followings off of going viral. Like, mm-hmm. like and that's and that's that's the thing. I've never gone viral. Like my all my music has been organic. Like my growth has been completely organic. So like, I I don't worry about it as much as I used to because I know that like one day I probably will go viral for whatever it may be. Yeah. And like and that's gonna boost those those numbers compared to like what they are now. Y'all so. gotta see. The slow burn, the slow burn is the best way to go. That's what everyone tells me. I'm telling you because yeah. like people are people blow up, get a hit single, you know what I mean, and then like, you know, I'm gonna use him as an example, designer. He couldn't, <laughs> bro. I saw I'm not that saying coming, he's bro. bad. I'm not saying he's bad. And to be honest with you, him sounding like Future is more or less, bro. He just talks like that. That's his voice sound. But right. like, bro, had a hit song with Panda. And I, I feel this is my personal opinion. I feel like he wasn't ready for what was gonna happen right. next, and he had a hard time keeping up. Yeah, no, I think about that all the time too. Actually, one thing I find solace in is that like I realized that if I did blow up a year ago, whenever I like really like felt like I should have blown up, I would not have been ready for that shit, bro. Like mm. I, I already struggle with like my mental health. Like like I said before, like I already struggle with like the mental the mental uh the mental part of having to answer these dms from these kids and shit so like i couldn't imagine like if a year ago i blew up and had to deal with like those numbers times four like so in in a way it's like i feel like the universe god however you want to look at it is just kind of like preparing me for like what's to come so yeah yeah that's how i look at it so what was the um your new album qualia what was the inspiration for that oh man like so like specifically like the subject matter of it or just like was was there like when you made the album um or the projects i hate the term album mixtape bro it's their projects bro project yeah but when too. you made the projects were did you have in mind like a, a direction you wanted to go or are you more or less just venting no no i had no fucking clue so that was my that was mine in dark sky paradox cuz he he was a, he's been a, a big he was, a, he was like the biggest help in me getting to where I needed to go because mm-hmm. like when I first met him, like he had no clue what he was doing when it came to producing or mixing and mastering and everything he learned was learned t- for me and him learned together. And so, um, this was, that was my fourth attempt at making an, uh, making a full length project because what would happen was that, um, I would start songs and, um, it would take me so long to get other songs out. I would end up just dropping everything as singles. So for a long time, I was really just an artist that just dropped hella singles and then one day, like, I don't know what snapped, bro. We were just like, bro, we need to make a project. We need to stop dropping all these singles, and we need to make a full-length project. And so, ultimately, bro, it was all just, we just, we, we winged it, bro. Like, um, I knew that I wanted to make something that was, uh, that was still, like, the same subject matter. I just wanted something that defined Deep October. And so, like, I made sure that the album was... Because the thing is, is like, even though a lot of my music is like the subject matter is mainly dark, like I knew mm-hmm. like that's not the only thing I'm capable of making. Yeah. And so like I wanted to make sure this album had both sides of it, and that's kind of where Qualia comes from. So what Qualia is is um, and I've wanted to name an album that for a long time, so I'm glad I finally got to. Qualia is uh, it's a philosophy, and I couldn't tell you textbook definition because I'm fucking terrible with that shit. But um, so I'll tell you like in layman's terms, so like the color blue that you and I both perceive mm-hmm. like when you look at the sky like and you tell someone like obviously the sky is blue 
But the thing about it is that like you have no clue if like you and I are experiencing blue the same way. So it's like yeah. it's like the individual perceptions based off stimuli. Like that doesn't only apply to to like what we see. Like it applies to like the way we feel things. Like the way that I feel an emotion could be completely different from how you feel that emotion. And so I kind of wanted to project that through the album and um and just just I don't know like I didn't really put much thought into it at all. Like it's just like. A lot, four of the songs on there were dropped previously as singles out of the 10 and the rest of them like we put on the album but still like um yeah there was no thought put into it at all like i yeah. literally just uh we had all these songs that we made and over uh i think we made all those songs over i think it was a four month time period and we dropped them i put them together uh, a certain way that i knew that they needed to be lined up and it just kind of turned out the way that it was and so Word. and and i'm proud of that project but it it i feel like it that, that didn't even show like my full potential like the shit i have in the vault right now i really feel like is going to show people like what i'm capable of as an artist because it's not all it's not all the same i don't know i feel like like i feel like personally like i'm pretty diverse in what i can create and i really want to show mm-hmm. people that so yeah, Qualia, Qualia was, was a good start, but I'm ready to like move on from that and make something even better. So, from here like where do you do you have a idea of where you want to take your sound or um, you feel like you just kind of want to tweak what you have working right now i definitely just want to i want to tweak what i have work what i'm working with right now but the thing is bro is like i i want to i want i i hate i hate listening to music that's not diverse so i want to make sure i don't do the same thing and just sound the same all the time got you and um so and that's another thing that's why i work with so many different producers like is because like I want to expand exactly like how I like how people perceive me and so I don't really know where I want to go I never have an idea bro I don't think about shit like that but I do know that I want to work more with like with my especially my singing voice because uh I know that because I got I mean I like I'm I have a pretty high vocal range not 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 range but like I can I can do a lot so to answer that question I really have no clue I just know that like it just comes in it just comes at it as it is i don't know like maybe that's not it's not necessarily a bad thing that you don't know you know what i mean because it's more or less that you're going off you know how you're feeling at the time it's working for you you know what i mean so it's not necessarily you don't have to be like yo i want to go into this punk rock direction and shit you know you just you know what i mean if it's doing working for you i'm glad i'm glad you said that though because that's one thing that also some people have said that like it might hold me back but i don't think so because like a lot of people have like themes when it comes to mm-hmm. the music and a lot of people have told me is like i can't really pinpoint what your theme is like but i like that about myself i like that i yeah. don't necessarily have a theme and um and i still don't and i but there's definitely nothing specific i want to i want to just try out everything like i i definitely want to like want to work more on like the the just for lack of better better words the emo uh rock side of things kind of yeah. like how i did with ohio for lover i kind of yeah. i want to do more shit like that but also i i want to make more music like um like my song asexual which is just like a very um i don't even know what you would call it but if you've heard it then like you, mm-hmm. you know what i mean so 
yeah, like I just want to go all over the place, bro. Like I don't, I don't have anything specific I want to do. I don't want to stick to a theme. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have to. That's the thing about genre right. now. It just really start. It's genre is starting to just not exist. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. People exist. keep trying to label it, and it's like, bro, you just like. You know, this is ultra hyper emo rock rap. Hyper, like, and I'm just like, what? The 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 hyper pop community actually. I'm talk- fucking with that. Yeah, no, me too, I'm bro. Not lie. Me too. I'm fucking with that. Uh, they talk about that a lot, and like, and then like the glitchcore community, like, like they all talk about that too. Is like how like people like the big industry is like trying to label like mm. what they like the lane that they're in, but it's like you can't label shit like that, bro. Like. And dude, and that was the thing with like I don't know I don't I don't know you probably were but like were you ever into like big into metal and shit? Um, I feel like I wasn't really a heavy metal guy. Like I feel like I like it like it when it is like fused with other things. Like okay, so like a lot of '80s bands like I liked Guns N' Roses and shit growing up, and that was kind of like as metal as I would get. You know what I mean? That's not even yeah. really all the way like metal type shit. Well, you know what I mean? What, but with that being said, like so the in like the mid two thousands, whenever like the whole like metal scene, that's exactly what like they went through. Like there were so many fucking subgenres of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like it literally went like new metal. Like, like, new, like well, not just that, but it went from like new metal to post hardcore to math rock to um fucking math rock yeah like there's like so many different names because people were just trying to pinpoint what it was but it's like it's just fucking music bro it's a subjective experience there's no point in like labeling that shit anything but people do that the reason people give things labels is to feel a part of something because they want to feel feel like like they're a part of some type of community i also feel like the the brain naturally does it yeah, no, like for I feel sure. like when you see even anything, you see something, you taste something, you feel something, your brain automatically tries to come up with an association with it that it's already familiar with. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So I don't think the, I don't think the labeling will ever stop. I don't think it'll ever stop either. But I would I would really like to see like what people label me because like I like I said like I've had a lot of people tell me that they have no clue what they would label my music as. They all just kind of like they just call me a rapper. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Which I don't agree with. I don't. I wouldn't even call myself a rapper. So. So. The name Deep October, where did that come from? Oh, man. That's a good question. So, Deep October was originally, when I was still going under Zach Smith, which is my real name, um, which is the most generic white person name <laughs> in the world, bro. Like, I actually had someone tell me that when I told my name Zach oh, Smith. They're like, they're like, yo, that name's cool, but it's nah. the most generic. If it was the mo- the whitest name on the planet is Hunter. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm but sorry if, for any hunters out there. Would, I have no problem with hunters. Anyone named Hunter Smith out there, I've... I'm sorry, bro. Okay, I'll, I'll give you it. Smith is probably the most generic white I'm, person. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the most with. common name in the United States. Last I, name in the United be, States. Yeah. That I looked it up one yeah. time. It's that one and Johnson. I think are like the two most common. But um, so Deep October was originally supposed to be a project, and in my first song that I was telling you about called Coma Freestyle, in the mm-hmm. song I say um, what did I say uh. Told my moms I'm sober, yet I'm rolling over coma trips. Chilling deep October, getting stoned to see how cold it gets. And when I said that, I was just meant like chilling late October. Deep October just means late October. And like, but that name had like a ring to it. And I was like, I wanted to switch up what I was doing. So I was ultimately, I was just like, I'm just going to go by deep October. And I was going to, there was some corny shit I was planning on going by. Like, I was at first it was going to be like life inside the sand or some bullshit <laughs> like that, bro. And then like, I asked my friends about it. Like, bro, I'm not going to lie. That's pretty corny. And I was like, yeah yeah you're right so like i ended up going with deep october and it just just stuck i've been going by deep october for four years now so so yeah that that's where the name come from it's nothing special but oh oh it is though because um i don't know what it is about like the month of october 
specifically the month of October, I've always felt very like euphoric during that month. Like it's like it's when I make like I make a lot of good music in October. I've just like the feeling of October in the state of North Carolina and South Carolina too is just like just it's a great feeling. I don't know how mm-hmm. to explain it, but um it's kind of where it came from. So Do people ever get confused with your Instagram handles Father Funeral? Yeah, bro. And the reason it's Father Funeral, which I hate that fucking name now cuz it's so edgy, bro. I made it I made it when I was still in high school, but it's because that name Deep October is taken by taken. some yeah. by some page that just posts a bunch of like depressing quotes and shit and like It hasn't been active in a long yeah, time. Yeah, since like 2015 hasn't been active. And I've I've messaged Instagram. I even I even DM'd that account. And like, and I had some of my fans DM the people that were following them to try and figure out like who the fuck owns that account. And I was like, bro, I will pay you for this account. Like, please change yeah. your name. But like, obviously, no response. They haven't been on since 2015. They could be dead. You know, like you yeah, know some shit. Yeah, you don't know. You have no clue. So, but one day I will acquire Deep October, and that will be my name. So on you Instagram, like Deep Dot October for now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, but some people actually think my name is Father Funeral because in my SoundCloud, I did two at first. Yeah, I literally did two at first. And yeah, I looked at in your SoundCloud, I'm like, oh, all right. But my SoundCloud gotcha. URL is also SoundCloud.com/slash/FatherFuneral. So like. Mm. It's really just like a, just an alternate name, but it's nothing important. Father Funeral is just an edgy ass name that I came up with in high yeah. school. So, yeah. Got you. Yeah. So, we got like five minutes left on this. And I mean, we can talk a little bit more after this part if you want, if you down. But, um, yeah, for sure. Producers, bro, because I'm big on supporting the producer community. As a producer myself, I'm very big on supporting the producer community. I mean, I know a lot of people have seen our Beat Breakdown series we started. Right. Loving that one. Um, so, who produces you work with a lot? And we talked a lot about Docs, uh, Sonny. Uh, how do you, how well, do you... me and Sonny just met recently. I actually met Sonny at, um, it was a, a producer in New World named Kalari. It was like his birthday party. Mm, it was yeah. like, it was at in Atlanta. It was an Iced Out Angel show. And I met Sonny there. He actually approached me and was like, yo, you're Deep October? It's like, yo, how, like, I know who you are. How the fuck do you know who I am? And so me and Sonny actually just started working together recently and he's become a really good friend since then. But other than Sonny, um, dude, I work with so many different producers. Nitrous, he lives in the UK. Um, I met, I found him on SoundCloud. Dude, he's like 15 years old and like he makes... Ing- bro, some of these fucking 15, 13 year old producers are fucking killing yeah, him, bro. Yeah, His tutorials, he, right, bro. They right, got tutorials. Right. And he might, he might be like 16 or 17 now, but like when I first like started working with him, he was like 15 and he's an incredible fucking producer. Um... The fireman, I met the same place I met Sonny, uh, or the fireman. Uh, he's a great producer too. Um, I worked with a. Uh, oh, when I first started Deep October, I worked with this producer named K Knives, who lives in Canada. Um, him and I don't talk anymore, but he's a really good producer. But yeah, speaking of like, I, I could go through a whole list because like, if you know my discography, you know I've worked with so many yeah. different producers. But um, actually, that the producer wave that was happening in um, two thousand from like two thousand and. 13 to like 2017 when SoundCloud's algorithm really changed is really what inspired me bro because I was I found how it all happened was I was SoundCloud used to have this genre list and um there I remember I was just looking for beats just to like rap on and I found this one genre called trip hop is like what it was and I was like yeah. okay this sounds cool like, let me see what this is about and I found this producer named Grief who's a part of Team Sesh and after I found Grief is like I just fell into the rabbit hole and I started listening to so many different producers from like um like Nadiak or Gregor, which spelled G-R-X-G-V-R. Um, Singe, uh, Falls was a really big influence. But yeah, dude, the thing is, is like for a solid, 
for a solid three years or two years from like 2014 to 2016 all i listened to was producers that's it it's producers i found on soundcloud is the only music i listened to and so Word. because of that i i gained a lot of respect for the producer community mm-hmm. and um that's a, and that's something i talk about all the time is that um I've pretty much I pretty much developed like virtually no relationships with other artists and all my relationships musically are with other producers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it also shouts out Sad Bombing too, who's now go, who now goes by Love. He actually he's another big producer I found a long time ago and he actually hit me up in the DM maybe it's probably been a maybe a year now and um cuz he found me off If I Miss You and um, I've worked with him a few times now and uh that's another legendary SoundCloud producer that I'm definitely happy to to work with now so yeah that's how kind of how all that worked so when when did you end up meeting docs is it after you kind of came up to charlotte um yeah so i met him whenever i was dating the girl i was with at the time um her best friend was friends with him he came over to her house one time because we had a party and we got super drunk and like he was like playing guitar and like we were just like fucking around while we were drunk and then maybe six months later he was working this job at the time at qt uh, quick trip the gas station yeah. and um he knew i recorded music and shit and i saw him at the at the register i was like oh yeah what's good bro it's been a minute and he's like yo so he's like he, he got he got like a, like a bonus from work it was like like he had like a thousand dollar bonus and he spent all of it on studio equipment didn't even know what he was doing just spent it all on studio equipment and he was like yo like you should come over and record and at the time the person i was recording with had gone to college so i had no one to record with so i was like let's fucking get it like let's go and um and then i went over to his house one day and the, we literally spent three years of like we spent three years just making music together and that's how me and docs met and so and he learned he learned everything he knew about like mixing and mastering and producer and producing like in that time frame and he's grown a lot so like yeah that's my brother for real so we're yeah. shout out shout out to docs shout yep. out to sunny vega shout out to the fireman shout out to sad ball man i'm gonna i'm gonna put all their instagrams in the um if you're watching this on youtube Obviously, it'll be in the description if you're listening on Spotify app music. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to go on YouTube, but I'm gonna put all their Instagram handles down in the description. Go follow them. Go cop some beats. Go support our producer community. For sure. Um, this has been part two. We're gonna get into part three. We're gonna talk a lot about uh, depression and drugs and shit like that, just because you know we. I feel like it's a good topic. I feel like it's an important topic to kind of bring up, especially things that are going on in both our lives right now. Right. Um, but. Again, hit the website up. Cop yourself a hat. Cop yourself a shirt. KULTClassicOfficial.com. Hit us on the Instagram at KULTClassicOfficial. And then hit us on Twitter at KULTClassicOFF because Twitter as a whole won't let us put the issue. And then hit us on TikTok at CultClassicOfficial. Even though if it gets banned, you know, we won't we won't fucking be there anymore. So if TikTok's banned, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. But for now, go follow us on there. Peace. Cool. This is part three. We are back with Deep October. Um, so shit, fucking, your music a lot, you know, taps into a lot of emotions. Uh, like, we were just talking off camera a little bit, you you get a lot of DMs from people, you know what I mean? Like, your song, this is my favorite song right now, this song helped me through the day, this song prevented me from killing myself. Um, 
So, I mean, we don't have to go too deep into. We can go as deep as you want, but mental health. Um, does a lot of your music and a lot of things you sing about come from your own personal experiences with mental health? Oh yeah, one hundred, one hundred and fifty percent, bro. Um, I come from a very a lineage, bro, a very mentally ill family, and so like genetically, like I was pretty disproportionate, pretty fucked in that mm-hmm. in that sense of like um. And I also have a very um, mentally ill father, and uh, and I and I love him to death. But like, like he he was a big influence for me in my in my early childhood, and like I always looked up to him, and like. But the thing is, I never really realized like the I looked up to him in a sense of like, and it kind of made me like not realize like the the personal issues that he had going on until I got older, and I realized I started having those same those issues, and I realized I kind of idolized some of the wrong things about my father. And, uh, but besides that, um, like, yeah, dude, all my music 100% comes from, from my personal experiences. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to like, to like just make up the shit that I talk about. And I think that that's like what makes my music so genuine is that, and like, and people feel that when they listen to it is that like, I'm not just saying this shit just because like, just to glorify anything, bro. Because, and at least I try to like make sure in my music that I let people know is like, this is something I'm struggling with. It's not something Mm. I'm, I'm happy about. It's not an aesthetic. It's not something that I'm trying to like, like influence you to also go through. It's just like, it's, I want people to understand that like, I feel the exact same way that they do. And like, with that being said, bro, it's like, I actually, um, actually yesterday, as a matter of fact, on my Instagram, I posted about this on my story was, um, I recently I followed a lot of my fans back yeah, just because I like about this. yeah I just I just wanted to like because like I have all these people supporting me it's like I just realized the social media shit is so fickle bro it's like why like why not follow back my supporters like and so I did so I followed a lot of them back but also like me doing that made me realize that a lot of them are like also very mentally ill and not not a, no not a lot of them but some of them there's a portion of uh, yeah a portion of them are, of are are very mentally ill as well but they tend to like they tend to um romanticize like suicide Mm -hmm. and shit like that and i realized that like i tend to attract some people like that and i hate it bro because especially like with like the subculture that we have now of people who are depressed there's a lot of people that romanticize the idea of like wanting to kill yourself and it's it's honestly disgusting to me bro that that shit like i don't i don't i don't i don't resonate with that energy like i just like I, i just want people to know that like i don't at all like promote shit like that and i've been trying to change that throughout my music and let people know that like you know shit shit gets worse but shit does also get better at the same time so like um and and i I don't i don't welcome that energy at all and it's also and it and it also manifests into real life as well there's a lot of people that i've met in real life just through music that like that hit me up and they're like yo like i would love to meet you for whatever reason a lot of times it's girls because obviously i'm going to put more effort into go meeting like go meeting a female than i am Trust me, I'm saying what. Yeah. So, but like, and I, and like, it's like, it's like most of them are just like, it, it actually hurts me, bro, because like I'll ask them things like, like things that they want to do and like, like, like what their aspirations are and like shit that they like think about all the time. And they're always so nonchalant and they just don't care. Like they're okay with just existing with like the mental shit that they deal with. Mm. And I can't accept that, bro. Like, yeah, I, like you I'm, shouldn't I'm, accept I'm, that. No, you, no, you can't. Like I'm always striving. Excuse me. I'm always striving to like, get better because i do i struggle with the with the shit that i that i go through and um and like i can't imagine just sitting there and taking it bro mm-hmm. like and because sometimes it feels like i have to and that shit hurts and like and it and it like puts me and it drains the fuck out of me when i meet some of my fans bro because like they're so negative and they're so like 
not all of them not 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 i don't mean this at all for all of them but like some of them just tend to be so like nihilistic towards shit and like and they think and like yeah it's true like i do agree that like we literally are just like here to live then die but like you can't you cannot like just let that be the moral of the story yeah. bro and so um yeah just like, ultimately like i just want I just want to be kind of like I'm not a therapist by any means. Like I, I can't. I'm not good at talking to people about their problems because I have my own. But um, ultimately, like, I want to promote the idea of getting better from this shit and not getting worse. I like some people. Some people are like it's like an aesthetic for them. It's like they're comfortable feeling the way that they feel yeah. about shit, and it's like I just I can't accept that. I can't. I can't do the same. So. So what? What are some ways that um that you're working on your own mental health like what are some ways you're working to get better um so uh like the the stopping of drug use for sure including weed bro which um which i'm i since i was 14 or 13 years old when i first started smoking weed like it's like an everyday thing i think i started daily smoking weed daily when i was 17 when i moved out of my mom so i was able to do that and like things like i i i I thoroughly enjoy like I, i thoroughly enjoy doing drugs bro but the thing is is like I've like seen how it's affected me over time. And like, I, I really want to get to a point to where like, I don't need drugs to like, to just cope with life every single day. So, so yeah, one is like one thing I've been doing, trying to do is like cutting back on like how much substance I put into my body, which I still have. I like, just like, I do have a very addictive personality. So like, that's a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is like, I try to, I try to limit what I consume especially through social media because social media it's in like platforms like twitter and shit tend to be like all negative and whenever you're consuming that shit all day every day like it's gonna bury itself in your subconscious and your subconscious controls everything around you and um and like people don't realize that just like how how powerful your brain is and so i try to limit the the negativity and that i that i consume through social media which is a big reason i only followed like 200 people for a really long time on social media or on twitter i only follow like like 80 people because like i cannot constantly consume that negative shit yeah. um i've been trying to change my diet a little bit um because i do think that like the things that you eat that you put into your body have a big effect definitely on how you affect think. your mood yeah definitely. for sure and i'm and i'm uh i grew up like like pretty poor like so like I'm not like, so I, for the most part, I grew up almost always eating fast food. It was just Mm -hmm. easy. It was the easiest thing for my family to do was like to eat fast food. So like, I kind of like am like addicted to fast food, bro. I eat fast food way too much. But I like, as I got older, I could feel like eating all this shitty ass food. Just like how much it, like how like it affected my mood. Yeah. It's like, bro, if you wake up and you eat at an orange and some eggs every day, you're going to feel much better than you wake up and you eat it's weird, McDonald's. bro. Yeah, no, it's weird, but you know? it's, it's weird how that shit works. And it goes back to affecting your psyche and your mental health and your mood. Right, I mean, you know? like, we're human beings, bro, like, so we are animals, like, in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, like, and all this, like, unnatural shit that we eat is, like, obviously, it's, like, our brain is going to, un- is going to react unnaturally to it. Um, I mean, I, I try to practice, like, spirituality when I can, but the thing is, I do tend to be kind of, uh, pretty atheistic towards a lot of things so it's the same way yeah yeah so it's it's a struggle for me to like be spiritual but i think meditation um is a really big thing that i suck at i'm not very good at meditating on a daily basis see it's like i'm i'm i mean because i've said on the podcast before you guys watched israelites interview the black israelites interview i was open about i'm atheist but like i do believe in energy to an extent like there's there there are just some things that you can't 
explain because energy is a real thing you go to concerts there's a certain energy that's there like even when we linked up you know what i mean when you came here we just started talking right there's good energy but there's some people you link up with them it's not a conversation right away because the energy's not there yeah no i i completely agree with you because i'm i'm also an atheist and uh, i have been since i was like in the eighth grade mm-hmm. but the thing is is like um i've learned over time just through like reading about like other atheistic like ideas which like one of the big things for me was like whenever I started really studying Buddhism, which like doesn't take gods into account, and it it's more so like the energy of human beings and like the words we use and how that shit affects and like the general laws of like magic, like like Aleister Crowley type shit. Yeah. Um, which also I don't get deep into because that's a fucking rabbit hole. But like the thing is, is like I do believe that like magica, just like for lack of better words, like I do think that the, that there's natural laws in the universe that we as humans are able to control that like that we don't that we're that isn't necessarily known to science and so like yeah. i think that like the words you use and the because energy like it is like energy can't be created or destroyed like that's mm-hmm. a scientific thing and um and i do think that like the energy that you put out and like the vibrations that as a human being that you put out is what is going to be reciprocated back because i think that there's always something Whatever it is, and I felt it on on acid a lot, bro. It's like yeah. weird when I whenever I'm on acid, bro. Like it's like I can literally feel something, some type of greater energy, not necessarily God, but just something is like, is like telling me like, yo, like you need to watch like the shit you say. You need to like watch like how your thoughts are, because whenever you're constantly drowned in those like in those negative thoughts, bro, like you, I I, I see it in real time, and yeah. it, it attracted into my life, and that's what I was talking about with the music shit. Is that like like, I tend to like attract some really negative energy into my life because like i use my music as a way to cope and like i I try to get that shit out through my music and so other people reciprocate that and unfortunately it does bring some of that negative energy back but i've had a lot of fans reassure me it's like no like it doesn't do that for me at all like for me like i'm speaking from like a fan standpoint like they tell me like like when i listen to your music it's like it's like i feel less alone it doesn't make me like feel like i want to kill myself like it makes me like just feel like like damn, like this, like there's other people going through it too, and it's basic shit, bro. It's it's the most basic form of like human communication, is like feeling that someone else is also going through the same thing. But it, but loneliness is one of like the hardest feelings to get through. So definitely. So that's definitely. why music is so important in that aspect. It's I I love I love that you brought up because a lot of people don't want to admit it, and it took me a while. It actually took me until last week to admit it. When you're dealing with depression and stuff like that and you're getting off drugs, it's got to include weed. A lot of people don't want to admit it. No, bro, they don't. It's And I didn't either, like I said, literally until last week when I started speaking with a therapist and shit. When I started like trying to take my mental health seriously, that I, I really, I use, I'm not saying weed is bad. I'm saying we use it as a crutch and a coping mechanism. My relationship with weed came more or less that trying to enjoy myself and have a good time and more or less to try to get through the day and it suppresses feelings you know what i mean and for it's sure. very unhealthy yeah no i was the same way because i've been I'd, i also i also see a psycho a psychologist and um i would always it wasn't until my most recent one that she kind of strayed away from the talking about weed because anytime they would like bring up like maybe you should stop smoking weed i would always get defensive bro i'd always mm. be like be like no like i promise you that's not what the problem is and so like 
I had to take it upon myself to like make myself be completely sober, like even from weed, bro. Because the thing is, I would always tell people like, yeah, like I'm, I've been sober for this long, but the thing was, I was still smoking weed every single fucking day. Yeah. So like, it's like in reality, was I actually sober that whole time? I don't think I've ever actually been sober because of that. So like, and it's hard, bro, especially whenever, because I don't know how long have you been smoking weed. Nine years. Yeah, bro. And whenever, especially when you're so young and you start, like your brain develops around having those those cannabinoids constantly in your body. So like, like it's hard, bro. It's like it's like people say like, like you don't get withdrawals and shit from it, mm-hmm. but you do, bro. I it's, know I get withdrawals. The from weed, weed withdrawals, because I, I mean I'm gonna minute and I'm I'm gonna be completely open on this podcast because I, and I feel like we both should be because I feel there's a lot of people watching this that might get something out of it. I've been completely sober for five days now. This is also I was, day five for me, so shouts out to you. Well, shouts out to you, too. I'm glad we started at the same time, man. Yeah, That's interesting. Real. But I was alcoholic, bro. I was functioning alcoholic, and I didn't want to admit it. I remember being home a couple months ago and talking to my family about uh, smoking weed and shit. Like, yeah, but I'm not really a drinker and shit like that. But it's just like I realized, like, bro, you say you're not a drinker, but you're drinking a bottle of wine a day type shit. Right. Bro, like, the weed, like... I'm even have I feel like shit right now. Like this current state, like <laughs> yeah. the alcohol withdrawals are fucking killing I bet. me, dude. I bet. Like, fucking, I feel just nauseous all the time. Like, I feel like I'm gonna pass out. Like, I have a crazy headache. It is just like because your body becomes dependent on the substance. The weed withdrawals ain't nearly as bad as anything else. So right. the weed withdrawals more or less like, man, I just kind of want to smoke. Like, you nah, know what I mean? It's kind of just smoke. For me, the weed. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, you good. You good. Um, I was pretty much it anyway. The the weed withdrawals for me, bro, has a lot to do with um, one. Okay, so like sometimes I tend to mis because like I do experience depression pretty often. It's up and down, but like I tend to mistake my boredom sometimes for being depressed, just for that that stagnant feeling. And uh, a lot of times, like the thing is, I've never this is this is my biggest struggle so far with um not smoking weed at all is um I've. All my music has been made on some type of drug, but weed was always mm. the constant. It was always the one that no matter what, even if I was on Adderall or I was on a perk or or over I was on Molly when I recorded something, I was still on weed too. And so yeah. like now that I'm not smoking weed, it's been really like weird for me trying to make music. And that's one thing that's like try that's like trying to drive me back. It's like, oh like just smoke once and that way you can make this song. But the thing is like I'm pretty determined now to learn to like make music without smoking because the thing is is like as i've gotten older bro like there's been more cons with being high all the time and the thing is like i know like eventually i will probably go back to smoking weed but i want to get to a point to where i don't feel like i have to smoke every fucking day i know i'm gonna go back to smoking it but i want to go back when i feel like i can have a healthier relationship with it facts bro and like the thing is is like when i get high bro i get super anti-social like it's weird like like if i get if I get too hot, and like not everyone's like this, not everyone experiences the same thing. Like people, it, drugs affect everybody in different facts. ways. Facts, but like it, it really fucks with like. There's been so many opportunities that like I've missed out on just because I was so high that I convinced myself like eh, you'll get that opportunity later. One of those opportunities was whenever I was in Atlanta at that um that Ice Out Angels show. Is like mm-hmm. the whole time I was there, which I wasn't only fucked up on weed during that, but weed was definitely one of the culprits for like um not really like talking to people there were so many people at that show that my friends were there talking to and like linking up with but like my social anxiety from being so high i decided not to talk to anybody and now all those people are getting like they were the same they were like the same size as me a few months ago and now they're like huge and i'm like i'm just thinking i'm like bro like that's an opportunity that i that i squandered yeah. for myself because i decided just not to be social but um but it's like bro 
if you get to a point where you have to fucking list out pros and cons of doing mm-hmm. something, then there's a problem, bro. Like, you, yeah. you shouldn't have to list out pros and cons. So, I feel you yeah. 100%, bro. 100%. And it's like, I kind of like, even with seeing a, a therapist or a psychiatrist or all these other different terms for mental health people, I, bro, I really didn't even believe in that shit until like last week. Fucking, I, me really didn't. You want to know what, what fucking triggered it, bro? Like, fucking so right before we went to LA last month to do a bunch of interviews you guys go back and watch the interview with Kamiyata Young Bambi and Drown Millie um shout outs to all of them we're back in LA doing interviews right before we for LA I started to notice I was getting like seriously depressed and when I was in LA like I was like so anti-social and even Ben was like bro you're gonna sleep mad early and shit and it's just like yeah I'm all, all sorts of shit but I was just getting mad depressed and mad antisocial and it's just like I did I did a shroom trip last week fucking and it really just opened up my mind and I and I, and I love psychedelics I, I really do it is just like but I feel like I needed to do that shroom trip because it, it made me realize that yo you really need to get help bruh and like after that shroom trip is when I texted my dad. I was like, yeah, I need to see somebody type shit. And me and my parents, we, we're building on our relationships and shit. I don't, like, I'm not dependent on them or anything, but, they, you know, they help me point me in the right direction and shit. But fucking, so, yeah, just, it's just, like, I'm kind of just, I didn't even believe in, like, therapy or seeing a therapist. I'm like, you just talk to your friends, bro. You know right. what I mean? But it's not. It's not like that all the time. So it's like, I really just, I guess I'm saying this to kind of encourage everybody that kind of needs it to go get it. You no, know what I mean? I agree completely, bro. And the thing is, is like a lot, I used to get discouraged because I, I was the same way because I've been going to psychologists my whole life. Like I told you pre-interview that mm-hmm. like, like my first, my, the first time I ever went to a psychologist was, uh, I was probably like eight years old. But the thing is, is like, it's very hard to find the right one and that's super discouraging because like you'll go to a you'll go to a psychologist and like they just won't be the right one and you'll think like well i tried and so and, and your depre- yeah. your depression does that to you bro like it, it makes you think like okay i tried like it's not going to work out but like once you find the thing is like these these people have gone to like school to learn about this shit and they they've done it not a lot not all of them but a, but a lot of them do this because it's their passion. They they yeah. genuinely enjoy like trying to help people get through this shit. And they went to school and they've studied like the human psyche and shit. And so like, I've always said that talking to your talking to your friends is even better. Is like is like the best therapy you can get. But that's not always the case because a lot of times your friends are going through the same shit you're going through. So like, I definitely encourage people to get that I'm mental health. Yeah. And, and social media and shit makes it hard, bro, because like toxicity is so promoted through social media nowadays and it makes you envy that type of shit definitely and um and so but not like the thing is bro it's like you're only gonna get worse before you get better if you don't if you don't find a way to like to get better you're just gonna get worse and you can't like and it goes back to like people who are genuinely depressed and genuinely anxious and have these problems they don't enjoy that shit it's not something that they wake up every day and they're like man i'm so cool because i'm fucking depressed bro there's there's some fake ass depressed people bro and this shit that really exists, be pissing bro. me off bro it's and, just kind of like i don't even know maybe i'm stereotyping too much but i feel like it's these kids that really just kind of have it all right in life that you know what i mean they're just kind of they're influenced by a lot of like certain aesthetics and shit like that and they think it's cool to act that way no nah, and 
but that doesn't mean that like kids who do come from good like families don't shit, get depressed exactly right, everybody but, has issues but i feel like it's the kind of the kids that do come from those those good families and don't have that issue specifically no you're you know right I mean? they they kind of like the thing is like you can't you can't consider your, yourself depressed just because things don't go your way like the mental illness is like like i don't know how to explain it bro i really don't like there's no analog for it but like mental illness tears you down it, it doesn't give you an ego and if, and, it, yeah. like, and if you're if you feel like your mental illness kind of gives you an ego makes you feel like you're different than other people then that, yeah. that, that that's that's the fake depressed right that's... like that's and, and i and i hate saying i hate saying fake depressed because you can never tell if someone is genuinely depressed or yeah. if they but like it, it's just like i said like like these kids who are like who like constantly promote their like like suicidal tendencies and shit like those kids need help because that's a fucking mental illness on its own. But if, bro, you can't enjoy that shit. There's no such thing as fucking enjoying that shit, bro. Enjoying so, feeling suicidal or yeah, enjoying... Yeah, no, bro. It's the worst feeling in the world, bro. So, like, yeah, and, and it just goes back to what I was saying. is like, my only goal in this shit is to get better and, like, it's to I fix myself. You. And I lose hope all the time, bro. It's super normal to lose hope. But the thing is, is, like, that's where, like, where, like, once you force yourself to, like, get through that loss of hope, there's always going to be some time where you're, like, you, you realize that you're, like, you know, like, this shit actually does have potential to get better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with you. I encourage anybody who, like, does go through that shit to get, don't, don't. Don't sit in it. Don't let that shit marinate no, in your head, No, fuck bro. no. Don't, bro, if, if you're, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again and you haven't gotten better, you need to change something, bro. You need to do mm-hmm. something fucking different. Like, you, like, quit being, quit being such, like. I hate to say it like this, like like tough love, bro. But like, stop having so much fucking self pity and like do something about it. Because yeah, and, and definitely. It's, and it's hard bro. not to have that self pity because you are the only person you have. But it's like like that self pity is gonna eat you alive, bro. Like, and I had to I had to get through that. Like the self pity, I still have it sometimes. I still pity yeah. myself, but it's like it's so toxic. It's also I I also feel like there's some people who have that self pity, and there's some people who are too. And the other flip side of the coin, some people who are too prideful. Like, that was where I was at, bro. For I was sure. too prideful to admit that I really, like, needed to fix some things in my life. That, I was way too proud of myself. That's my dad, bro. That, it, my dad is very is a very prideful person, and it sucks because I see him, like, see him, like, tear himself down and shit whenever, like, I just wish that, like, he would put his pride to the side and get some help. But I love you, dad, if you're watching this, which, <laughs> but I'm just being honest here, so. You, you got to. And you yeah. know what I mean? Anybody who hates who hates honesty you know what i mean but anyways fucking i feel like drinking water too bro drink some fucking water so yo. important like, bro so important it doesn't fix everything i love bro. how we both just have fucking waters right now <laughs> like i know bro i need to get on the gallon wave bro you probably save money oh yeah bro that's like 79 cents bro, bro i got bougie with the alkaline water bro and mm. i started like i started but like now i've been noticing that like there's actually um there's actually a a local business in Charlotte that um that yeah, sells, I've seen I've seen ten cell phones yeah they them sell a alkaline bit. by the gallon bro and I'm like I need to get on that bro like especially I love that if, if someone I'm, started if a if water I'm gonna be business, bougie with it so I'd love that someone started a water business out Thanks. here I think that's fucking great I'd love to actually I'm gonna look into them and probably look into having some bottles for the podcast and shit like that because yeah. I think that's great bro wholeheartedly stop drinking all that fucking refined ass sugar and bro, soda, soda and shit bro so, listen. Soda's cool every once in a while, bro. But drinking soda even weekly, no. Bro, your body is not Just meant stop. for that much sugar, bro. Bro, it you seen not. you seen the video? There was this dude, bro, 
who took a con- that dead mouse, right, and put it in a Tupperware container of Mountain Dew, and the thing completely dissolved in, like, less than five days. Ugh. Like, the mouse completely just dissolved. Mountain Dew is the worst one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it is the worst one, Like, that one, shit bro. literally rots your insides, No, I saw the one with, um, someone put, I think it was, like, a, like a rusty nail inside of mm-hmm. Coke, and it ended up, like, completely, like, not only, not only did it get rid of the rust, but it ended up, um... It ended up, uh, I don't know what the word is for whenever metal starts to deteriorate. Like corrode? Corrode, that's the yeah. word I was looking for. But it literally started corroding the stainless steel nail. So, like, bro, it's like, but not just that, bro. It's like we, as, as, as a country, like America consumes so much sugar and not realizing that sugar, that much sugar in your body has mental effects, too. Mm-hmm. And when you're constantly consuming all this, all this just shitty ass food, this fried, saturated fat spread, it's like. Bro, just drink water. You get what I'm saying. For bro, just drink I water. Probably go through one of these a day. I'm not even gonna front. Like that's good though, bro. That, that, yeah. That's literally you're literally supposed to drink like two and a half, two and a half to three liters a day. Like that's. How I, much- so here's the thing. I heard people used to be like eight cups, and then I've also heard like now it's like drink to you pee clear type deal. Like I heard that. I don't know. I think it always changes. Bro. I just I drink water when I'm thirsty. You know Facts. what I mean? Facts. Like fucking. But anyways, to wrap up this. Part three on specifically mental health. Admit when you have a problem. Get help. If you need to stop smoking weed, bro, it, it, really have a conversation with yourself, bro. Because we were just we had a real conversation about weed, and I feel like a lot of people are still going to watch this and disagree no, with us. It's not, I, I feel it, dude. I, like, feel, I get insecure talking to people about like why you shouldn't smoke weed all the time because it's... It, it's weird. It used to be like it used to like be cool to smoke weed, and now it's like it's like people are like wait you don't smoke weed, and so it's so accepted now that it's, like it, it's almost like it's almost like weird when someone doesn't smoke weed. Right, bro. And here's the thing: smoke. We will probably both go back to smoking mm-hmm. weed. Smoking weed is not bad, and drugs affect everybody differently. But when you have some shit you're going through in life, you need to put everything down, bro. You need to put everything down when it's serious, because because you know being stressed out, smoking a joint in a day, bro, that's not bad. It's a great feeling, it really is. But, but when you're having serious issues, you gotta put the you gotta put the joint down, yeah, bro. For sure. <laughs> Seriously, gotta put the joint down. For sure. We got like two minutes left. You want to end on? You want to end on anything? Um, fuck, man. I don't know. We've had a lot of good conversation. I don't really know what yeah, else shit, I can it's say. It's been an hour and a half interview, bro. We talked a lot. Has it really? Yeah, it's gonna drop in three parts though. Oh, Thirty minutes each part. That's fucking we crazy. We talked a lot, yo. Uh, ultimately, um, just like, I think that the one thing I want to say because it's something I struggle with, like while getting off of this shit, is that like don't let social media think that like you're not gonna be successful in what you do, and especially seeing people younger than you, like have more success is like it's like bro like every we were just talking about this like every everybody has their own journey with shit and um i don't know it sounds corny bro but it's 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 just facts like not you can't let so you can't let social media like affect your self-esteem and how you feel about yourself and if it does you need to put that shit down and uh ultimately like self-love is the most important thing bro overall like it's super important to just like love yourself and love what you're doing and if you don't love what you're doing find something that you do love that's facts bro because there's people with billions of dollars and millions of followers that are depressed as fucking hate themselves but you won't see it because people on social media only post only the highlights only the highlights bro and then there are people who literally don't have social media who are the happiest fucking people swear to god who live in a shack in the fucking mountains bro swear to god happiness is malleable success is literally happiness I just want to say that, put that out there, put that energy in the air. But, bro, 
thank you for coming on. No, I appreciate you appreciate having it. me, bro. For real, this is my first interview, by the way. Yeah. So we've done a lot of those, bro. And yeah. I'm, I feel I really feel blessed to have a lot of first interviews. So and thank I got you. I got my name on the table now. So. Deep October has signed the table. Yep. Um, you guys are gonna get a picture of that soon. But follow us on Instagram at KULT Classic Official. Hit us on Twitter at KULT Classic OFF, and then TikTok at Call Classic Official, and then. Hit up, hit up the website, bro. Cop yourself a shirt. Cop yourself a hat because the more you guys share this, subscribe, cop some merch, the more we can do cool shit like interview Deep October. So do all that shit. Support them, bro. They do a lot of shit for small artists in Charlotte. Well, not just Charlotte. I mean, you got to do a lot of it, shit for small artists around, in general. Around, so. bro. We, yeah. we, trying to, we started out in Charlotte and trying to expand. I wouldn't have done this interview if I didn't believe in cult classic. So that's, a big, that's that, a big brother. deal. They hit me on the gram, triple B O Y D double E on the beat, and then hit Deep October at Father Funeral. Um, yeah, that's really it. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been interview number 34. Peace. Sick, man.